This year is brought to you by Eshel Publications. Eshel Publications is a non-profit organization dedicated to spreading the Torah, Shiurim, and Tzfarim of Rabbi Aaron Lapiansky. For sponsorships or more information, visit eshelpublications.com. One comment, apropos, one comment apropos to the introduction. Um, I've never heard a person get a, get a message from a child that, they, that they're making a simcha and him saying, I have to see if I can fit it on the calendar. Um, when our Talmidim go and they are, give us as much nachas and do as much as they do, and especially Talmidim like uh, Rabbi Maman, um, it, it's something that is nachas, inspiration. It makes um, it, it makes the work um, much much more enjoyable. You understand that whatever whatever effort you expend, and to be in a place like here, like I said last time, um, the the difference from when I came to the beginning with the inauguration to now is incredible. And uh, so much, so much, the community in general develops, the achtos between Rabbanim and people, and everything about it is, is it, it's very inspiring to me. And, it, and it's, uh, it, it gives me a lot of chizuk, it gives us a lot of chizuk to, to keep um, doing what we're supposed to do. Um, just, uh, you know, we, we, I, I heard the event on December 25th. We have usually learning days on federal holidays because... Baruch Hashem, the government is our major supporter. Most people work for their government, and the government is blessed with more holidays than a Siddish calendar. So every holiday, people have off. That's, 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 that's one of the big benefits of working for the government. Um, and it's, it's almost like the saints' calendar in the Catholic Church. They're, they're, I, you don't even know half the federal holidays there are. And um, so we have every federal holiday, we have a learning program, and we take turns saying a shir, we have a whole. So this, one year, December 25th, I, I said this year is my turn. And the topic, if it was more than a since people learn for Aoni Afrabrusa, and then there's a share, I wanted to speak about the halachas of Vodazara and the possible issues that come up with the holiday. So the catchy title of that, of that event was um, December 25th, besides Chinese and movies, what else is there to do? <laughs> so, someone called up the office and asked when they're showing the movie and who's catering the Chinese. <laughs> and, and I it's a true story. <laughs> so you have to be very careful with what you promise on, on December 25th. So, you know. I, the topic that the Rav felt was, was an important topic, and I agree that's an important topic, is about idealism, and in a world that is far from it. It's something that, in my own life, I experienced it, not even from a religious point of view. I grew up in the 60s, and I came of age in the 60s, and depending on your perspective, it either was an incredibly idealistic time, or crazy time, or both. But people were very idealistic, and they wanted to turn the world upside down, and, you know, and do away with injustice and suffering and politicians and everything. Now, they did a, they did a study 30 years, 40 years later, 
what happened to all the leaders of, of that revolution, all, all the big names that were that, that had led big demonstrations, those who weren't dead of overdose were working at Wall Street as investors and in investment banks. I, I'm serious. That that's they had the names and the, and the titles listed, which kind of makes it wonder. As, so how is it that people? You know, with all the fun, with all the jokes about how misguided they were, which they were, but how did people who go from being so idealistic become so jaded and, you know, materialistic and so on and so forth? It's in a different way it happens in, by us in Yeshiva. This is one of the, I guess, catalysts for writing the Mentor for Life book. You know, people learn Yeshiva and they genuinely get turned on to a very, very ruchnistic type of sense of life. And then, quote unquote, reality hits, and it's a struggle. It's, you know, when you're in a shiva environment, it, it's, it's a bubble in a sense. And it's not that the values are not good, but then you come out, and it's very hard to just directly apply one to the other. Because I want to speak about it more in a broad sense and try to understand does the Torah talk about this? Is this, a, is this topic any place up for discussion? And I would like to speak about the topic. I, I think it is, and I'd like to try to understand a little bit about what it is. The first mitzvah in the Torah, according to the Rambam, is the mitzvah of belief in Hashem. It's not an accurate translation that I just said. He says, Ladas, Leda, and Ladas, it, it is to know that there is Hashem. That's how he says it in Mishnah Torah, which was written in Hebrew. In the, um, in, in the Sefer Mitzvahs, which was written in Arabic, the old translation used to be to believe. The better translations by, by the more contemporary um, scholars is unanimously it is to know, which is very hard. Both of these, whether you say to know or to believe, are extremely difficult to understand. The question was, was asked a long time ago. Um, the the Balochis the, um, the, the and the different different commentaries asked the following question: How can you give a mitzvah to believe? For the person who believes, the mitzvah is superfluous. For the person who doesn't believe, even if he's shown the Rambam, he's not going to change his mind much. So to tell him, no, no, no. How can you not believe it's a mitzvah, the first mitzvah? It's it's ridiculous. And whether you whether the, whether the whether the translation is to believe or to know doesn't really seem to matter that much. The idea is, and this is why some commentaries say this is not a mitzvah per se. It's a pre-mitzvah. In other words, a person needs to um, a, a person is, has a muna now. I can, I can, I can, uh, I can give you mitzvahs. I can command you to do mitzvahs. But what does it mean that there's a mitzvah to, to believe? So the consensus of um, many people who answer the Rambam, and most shitas do seem to agree with the Rambam, is that it has something to do with um, the quality of belief. Obviously, the person says. I don't believe in the sense that we say it in English is not the customer that we're looking for. That's not, that's not, this, this mitzvah is effective. We're looking for somebody who does quote unquote believe, what we understand, and 
we're looking for some aspect of emuna that we're addressing. So let's try to understand what is emuna. The word emuna in Hebrew, and like, like this is one of the main reasons why one should strive to learn Hebrew as much as they can and to learn texts from Hebrew, is that the words, even if the, even if the translation is accurate, it's never exact, because language is not exact, and nothing fits perfectly well. The word emuna in Tanakh is used in two or three different senses. It's used in the sense of um, by Moshe, um, by Avram Avinu, vehemin Bashem. So emuna, in the same way we would use it. It's used in the sense of a person who is faithful to someone. In in the Gemara, we use it a lot. A ne'eman means a trustworthy fellow, somebody that you can trust with money, and you know that he'll be he'll, he'll be trusted for it. Um, it says Yodav Shemayshu Emunos. They remained up. Yosef Ne'eman. It's used for the word steadfast, strong, consistent. It has many many nuances of meaning, in, in, so that in, in in English belief means one thing. Uh, you know when when you when when a statement is proposed and you want to know whether or not it's credible and you can say it's absolute. I believe it's true, or I disbelieve. In in Russian Kodesh, it comes from a very different type of world, and it comes from a world the way the word Neeman is is the is the root of it. Not only is it a word that has many shades of meaning, but it's something which has um, a very strange way of expressing itself as the Rashi says in countless places, a half a dozen places at least, Ani Hashem, I am Hashem. Rashi says, Ne'eman, l'shalom schar. You can trust me that I'll pay schar. What does that mean? Hashem is an identification. This is Hashem. So we speak about him as being all of existence. We speak about him as Hayahovaniya. How does that become that you can trust me that I will um, pay schar? I mean, paying, rewarding a person for what he does good is kind of a chesed from Hashem. But do, do you sum up Hashem's existence as the one who can be trusted to pay back? And it's very clear that the word neman here is a very crucial word. One more place I'd like to point out that the word neman is used strangely. In Shmona Esra, we have <coughs> three sections in the beginning. Before we begin to pray and ask for something, we have three introductions. The first one is the God of our fathers. In other words, I don't dare say, I'm the one who discovered you. I'm standing on the shoulders of my parents, grandparents, etc. That's the first bracha. The second one is my recognition of God. And, and, and I observe God in the great things that he does. And, uh, and, and that's the God that I'm standing before. And Atta Kodosh says, 
But in truth, God is beyond what I could imagine, beyond what my parents have given me. His real essence is beyond. That's the progression of the brothers. The God that I've received as almost axiomatic from my parents, the God that I have come to understand, and the God that is beyond. We finish the bracha, the middle bracha of the God that I perceive, and we say, You're trusting that you're going to bring the dead alive again. I don't get it. it you know, when I speak about Rofi Choli, it's personal observation. I've seen people who've been healed. I've seen the fact that a well person, a person can go around and, and swim in trillions of bacteria and have all sorts of, of things going on his body and he's healthy because Hashem makes that way. That's personal observation. But never not that so what are you saying? It's, just, it's not a statement of belief. It's meant to sum up and so on. Why is Mechayim Mason, the Nemanatax Mason, a statement that belongs there? These are all issues I'm pointing out that the word Neeman, Emuna, doesn't mean, doesn't translate at all accurately or exactly in the, in the, in the term belief, the way we understand it. So let's try to understand a little bit about what emuna means in, in, from the Torah perspective. We are primarily people of flesh and blood. So this is real. This is real because I can bang, I can see it, I can hear it, makes a knock when I bang on it. And to me, this is the most real thing in the world because it, it, it strikes, it interacts with my blood and flesh. When someone tells me that, um, you know, that if there'll be too many people in the room, it'll collapse, I, I, I believe it to be true. In other words, I think, in, in, you know, with my mind, I, it, it sounds right. The guy takes out his little um, calculator, his little slide rule, I don't know if they still have them. And he works out the math. You know, this, this can support X amount of pressure, put in <coughs> X plus something, it, it will begin to sag, and, and, and it'll go through. So I know it to be true, but it's not quite as real as even, even if I walk almost lost in thought, I'll really bump into a wall because if, if even I see the wall from a corner of my eye and sort of notice it, it's reality to me. It's not a cheshman. It's not something that I have to think. If, if, if a room gets very crowded and, and someone says, you know, it's dangerous, I say, well, maybe one more is not going to make such a big difference. I don't quite have that sense of reality. When we speak about things that are further away, even things that we intellectually believe <coughs> to be true, but it's less and less real to us. Um, there used to be when, when they would teach physics to, to, you know, physics 101 type of courses. So a shtick that a professor would do is he would have a seat and a pendulum and you'd ask a student to hold the pendulum there, big heavy pendulum, that if it hit you, you'll get smashed by it. And he would tell him to release it and sure enough, it would never get, you know, never hit the person because that's the, that's the law of, of, of how far it would swing up and down. For most people, it's a very frightening experience. You, you, you don't, you know, it's like, wow, it's going to fall. It's the same way kids on a bike. The first time is scared because 
it doesn't look it doesn't look stable to him like any other thing he's experienced. Once he gets used to it, it is as stable as everything else. So a person has a a faculty to judge reality, and that faculty comes in different levels of what's real and and what's sort of an idea, but an idea that I believe to be true, but it's not real. That continuum from what's real to what is an idea is the big, that's the, that's the axis on which Yiddishkeit rests on. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is an idea, and we can test it. Um, any, let's take anyone here in the room, we all, we all profess to believe in HaKadosh Baruch Hu. I'll ask everybody in the room, 100%. And do you believe he's omnipresent, he's everywhere? Yes. And he knows everything? Yes. We act very differently when we're sitting alone in a room or when somebody's there. And being alone in a room, I profess, it's, it's true. I, I don't, I don't, I'm not a hypocrite. I don't, I don't not believe it. But Hashem is an idea. And a person sitting there is real to me. That gap is the gap of a person's avoda. Emuna, Yosei Neeman, is a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's before it was the name of a newspaper. It was, a, it's a phrase in Tanakh, and it means a pillar, a, 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 an anchor that stands strong, and no matter how much weight you put on it, it doesn't budge. The more solid something is, the more real it is, um, the more unwavering it is, it belongs to the class of things that we perceive as reality instead of an idea. So the avoda of emuna is not to believe, because in the sense that we say it in English, because that's, we have to get the person to, to buy into it. But if the, once a person is put into it, the avoda of Amuna, to some small degree, might be to reinforce the, the arguments and, and, the, and so on. But the real Amuna is to take something that is an idea and then turn it into something that is a metzis. It's something that is real to me. The um, Akadosh Baruch Hu's name, Yud and Ahay and Avav and Ahay, is the name of Hashem. It means, one of the things it means is, Hoya, Hova, Vahia. Akadosh Baruch Hu was, Akadosh Baruch Hu is, and Akadosh Baruch Hu will be. So let's, let's ask ourselves if I say that I know Hashem was, He's behind everything that happened, created the world, and He says with everything, I'm making a statement that's a logical statement. It's a statement, it's an intelligent statement. There's proof to the fact. Weigh the proof, I subscribe to it. Statement means something. That Hashem exists, the statement can also mean something. I looked at everything there is, and the only way it's possible, and so on, it says Hashem. What does it mean when I say Hashem will be? What does it mean when I say Hashem will be? It, it's, it's um, how do I know? How do I know Hashem will be? I can say I believe in it, but, but how can I say in the same breath, Hashem was, Hashem is, Hashem will be. I could say, 
I, I propose it to be true, it's a hypothesis. The answer is, we do have things like that. No scientist ever walked into the lab and said, hmm, let's see at what temperature water's gonna freeze today. Maybe today water's gonna decide to freeze at, at a different temperature. All of science cannot prove what's going to be, and, and yet, some of the comments say, well, maybe tomorrow these walls won't support the floor. Our sense of reality is there are things that are and will be because they're part of the essential metzias of the world. So the only things I can say will be for sure, debate the laws of science, we posit and we believe it, and nobody ever um, says maybe it's changing. If it's changing, it's not a basic law of, of, of nature. So there are things we have a strong sense of that. The belief in Akadosh Baruch Hu means what we understand of Akadosh Baruch Hu as the root of all existence is, is, is as real to me and should be much more than those laws of nature. And therefore, tomorrow is as real to me as today. When, when, when I teach a science course, I, I, the, the idea that maybe tomorrow is going to change is, is, is laughable. I, I, there's no way in the world. I mean, it doesn't. It, it doesn't go past. You know, it doesn't. It's not. A, it's not a question. It's a. It's a. It's a. It's a, it's a cutesy remark of some sort. It's not. It's not. A, it's not something that we can. That we deal with. That we need to deal with. That's the level, because for us, basic laws of science and nature have entered the realm of reality. They are no longer ideas, but they've entered into into the world of mitzvahs. So when we speak about a Kaddish Baruch Hu, what will be, we need to bring it into the world of reality as, as a Metzius. And therefore, a Kaddish Baruch Hu is Ne'eman, to, to give schar. that's what it means. It means that a Kaddish Baruch Hu, to us, the future and the today and the yesterday are one and the same. And therefore, whatever, whatever is given to us as will be, carries the same strength as what is. The Ani Hashem includes both in, in equal measure. When we speak about somebody trusted in, in, in the sense that we use it as a Neman, as the Gemara, so I'd, I'd like to use a thought that my Rabbi Shapiro said. In the Gemara, the word for a, a, um, a debt is Chov. The word for paying back the debt is piron chov. Um, that's the, the language. Where does those words come from? So let's say somebody lent me $1,000. So those $1,000 are now sitting in my pocket. Anybody walks by, sees the money in my pocket, I've got $1,000 in my pocket, he doesn't. But in a conceptual way, it's really his money, not my money. So the so-called reality is in my pocket. But really, it's his money. It's, it's really in his pocket. The word chov comes from the root chavui, which means hidden, secretive, hidden. The word piron means to uncover, to uncover the essential reality. A person who's not a trustworthy person so your ownership is very fluid. It's in your pocket, it's yours. My pocket, it's mine. But, but the essence of it being, being your money 
that I, I don't subscribe to. A neman means that the person treats things that are ideal as real. We actually have a, a little bit of a, uh, a reminder in our parsha. It says by Yaakov, his brother said that Yosef was a dreamer. The Aviv Shamar Esadava. We spoke about Yaakov Avinu being the epitome of faith, and we spoke about him moving um, Amuna into reality. This was an example of a different way. A dream to his brothers was a dream, it was a fantasy. Aviv Shamar Esadava, a dream that's coming from Kadesh Baruch Hu, is it's a reality. It's not yet unveiled, but it will become unveiled. That's the, the, the union of, of Emunah and so on. The, um, the Gemara, it's interesting, I, I want to compare a halacha to this, a fascinating halacha. If the halacha is, I can never sell something that does not yet exist. If I tell somebody, I'm selling you the houses that I'm going to build on this tract of land, how, even if you maybe if you were to contract on it and you witnessed it and did everything and the guy paid for it, it's not a deal. The halacha is people cannot, we can never say a person has come to, to, to a fully cognizant agreement on things that don't exist. It's ideas. It, it's, it's, it's a wish. It's not, halacha doesn't have reality. There's a machlokas. Reb Meir holds it does, but one condition. The root of it already has to be there. In other words, a tree that's there, I can say the fruit. Um, a house that I have that I'm renting out, I can say the rentals that will be coming in. But if the house is not there, I can't do that. So knowing and understanding there's, there's, that some things that the root exists already, there's something coming from it, that's the type of relationship that we can have. So let's go back to, to where we started from. Our real struggle between reality and idealism is because ideals are not real to us. We subscribe to it. It doesn't have that type of feeling that something physical has, something real. The work of Amunah, so let's, let's take an example. A big part of talking to oneself, contemplating, what's good and what's wrong is along the lines of well everything in this world lasts only for a short time and Olam Hab is eternal and what would you rather have and so on and so forth so if you take it as an argument so you know so it's better to have this than this then the, then okay it's an argument arguments have a hard time persuading people when there's real temptation but it's different. It's not, it's not meant to be an argument. It's meant to be, it's like investing in a Ponzi scheme. At the end of the day, take a look at people who led a life that was less than illustrious, let's call it, but did, they made a lot of money, got a lot of fame, and, and, as, and, and they're losing it. It's going, it's gone, nothing's left of it. I'm holding on to something that's not real. Whereas things, that I accumulate that are real, like having helped somebody, having disciplined myself, restrained myself and doing something I shouldn't do, having spent time understanding, learning, connecting, those things are real. 
If I ask myself, what do I possess? The things that come and go, so some things come and go immediately, some things come and go in decades, but then it's gone. And I need to ask myself, the more I reinforce in myself a sense of what's real and what's not real, looking at a different perspective, is, is it, that, that changes the game. Because um, the, the, the problem is someone who doesn't have the vision we have of a real world. It says there's one at a time, Noim came to, he saw a dream. He, he, he saw his father, and he asked his father, what, what's it like in that world? He said, Olam I saw a topsy-turvy world. He said, you saw the real world. So the translation is really a sense of what is, who's important, who's not important. But in a different way, a person asks self, it's so what, this thing comes and goes. It, it's, it's, it, it doesn't last, it doesn't stay with me. So, so why do I feel so good when I possess something that's coming and going? And what are the things that I really have? Those of the, so, so the type, the thought process that focuses on what's real by looking at a different perspective. That, that's a, that, and that's why when people get older, they begin to get that type of feeling. Unfortunately for some people, it's very late. Um, I, I had a, a, um, a, a Talmud in Torah, his name was Dr. Howie Leibowitz. He's a, he's a big doctor in Lakewood now, near Lakewood, brilliant fellow, fascinating person, very special person. He told me one of the moments in his life that was like, it, it, it shook him. He was a young resident, and he was at the bedside of somebody dying, literally dying. You know, he had a day or two left. His two kids were there, and they were fighting over who would take the car back, the father's car. You know, being that the father wouldn't take it, who would take it back? <coughs> when they left the room, this man turned to Dr. Harrowitz and he said, Doctor, I think my life has been one big mistake. Um, and as we realized that children who do what's right is, 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 is a lifetime that lasts eternally. A car to, to be fought over two kids, each one equally selfish and having gained it maybe from the parent is, is something that is, everything just evaporates. Those are the type of thoughts and it's, it's a lifetime of thinking and observing what stays, what doesn't stay, and our sense of what's real and what's and what's and what's illusory changes. That's the avoid of Amuna. So yes, this is this is the hardest part. And maybe Yeshiva Bachel, when he leaves Yeshiva, has to has to struggle to understand it. But as he starts moving through life, if he keeps his eyes open, asks himself, yes, so so everybody's pursuing this. Let's look at the people that have made it. What you know? What do they have? What is it? They have everything they want. No, they keep wanting more. And they don't have anything. They want never anything they want. They always have everything but. This guy messed up, that one person messed up, the other one messed up. It, it, look, at it, look at it sharply, critically, and get a sense of it. And look at people that their life has been accumulating things that are of lasting value. So we start life with a natural inclination to what's real and what's ideal. And hopefully we spend a lifetime living these things and thinking about these things and end up with a very opposite understanding of what's real and what's illusory.
to know the difference between the real and the illusory. And, and that's, that's the avodah of Amunah, a lifetime's avodah of Amunah. So. <laughs>